1935, the Lions win the NFL championship. The Detroit Tigers take the World Series. The Red Wings bring home Lord Stanley's Cup. Joe Lewis begins his rise to world domination. This transforms the Motor City into Detroit, City of Champions. All righty. Anchors away, Detroit City of Champions, the podcast. I'm Jamie Flanagan. Charles Avison. Uh, one, I'll get it right one of these days, I swear to God, man. What? What you get? What you I got? left my email open, and it dings, saying, you're live on YouTube, and I get an oh. email. And, uh, you know. That's a little uh, idiosyncrasy. It's like walking and chewing gum. I think you're the only one in the world that noticed that. Oh, Jamie. no. Everybody who has email goes, oh, is my email? What? Oh, okay. What? What? I don't. I didn't notice anything. I thought yeah. it was like the, the starting buzz. The, starting, <laughs> the little beep to start the show or something. Like the on-air sign's on now or something. I don't think so. But uh, Detroit City of Champions, the podcast, talking about 1935 and things leading up to it, the magnificent year in Detroit sports. And we were talking, Garwood, we're deep into the waters, we're deep, man. Yeah, we're, 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 we're very uh, deep. We're, into we're wading now. into the deep end yes. uh, of the story and of the Garwood story. And uh, last week we were talking about, man, him and his, his uh, mechanic, uh, they took a beating. Well, the la- yeah, the last week's show was like just one of those, it's, it's one of those just... Pulse. I mean, it's one of the greatest stories in Detroit sports yeah. history. In the idea that um, that the you know what was it? Thirteen days before the race starts, the boat the boat explodes on the Detroit River. Right. They just get these new engines installed, these brand new engines, and they they've never ridden so fast. In Did their they life. turn this into a graphic novel or something? Well, that's what we, that's that's your cue to put up the graphic uh, yeah. novel. So, you actually have, yeah. So actually, so we talked strip. about that last time, and they turned it into a, a graphic. A graphic novel. Yeah, I, I don't even speaking. Ha- I, I don't have the date or in nor, and I don't even have which comic this came out of. It wasn't its own. It wasn't its own like uh, comic book, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it was featured. It was featured in some. I don't even know. I just got it off eBay a long, like uh, you know, a long time ago. But I actually say in the book like undated and unknown. Okay. Um, you know, comic book that this came out of. Well, but it sharp, illustrates though. the panels of that story we talked about, where you know this is the ni- this is that nineteen twenty twenty eight race. Yeah. Where he's you know the the English are coming over. They're bringing the boat to Detroit for the first time. They've got this new Napier Lions engine, which is like you know the newest cutting edge engine, and it's and outdoes. You know, it's a thousand horsepower engine, and it's gonna it's it's better than what Gar Woods got. So well, he's got to tune it up. There's two really crazy parts of the story. One, the mechanic. Get his neck cut, Gets and his, his jugular, veins his jugular cut. cut, and he's in the hospital, and he's like, "You cut your jugular? That's like all shit." They said the whole the whole water around him was full of blood. So, and they even show that on the comic strip. They show so, Orlin Johnson, or yeah. his mechanic in the boat. And back then, you had the driver, which was Garwood, and then you had the mechanic, which is Orlin Johnson. And they're like, "My God, Orlin's dead. The water's yeah. full of blood, and he's like, he's you know, his jugular slit, and he's just he's done." But the, so there's two parts of that. One, how badly Orlin was hurt. Yeah. And then the second part was they had another race to run. They needed these big engines, but they were at the bottom of the river. They're at the and bottom they, of the river. They had no no real idea exactly where they yeah. were. Uh, they they had to go on Mission Impossible. It was to, the search for the them. engines. Exactly. That that's it's, the story. That's that's what I, that's before last episode. I it said it was so fun. And if it was you so don't, fun. If this isn't one of the greatest stories you've ever heard with regards to Detroit sports, then then I'm a liar and don't listen to any more episodes. That was a pretty bold thing. So if you're still listening to the show, it means that you believe that it was one of the best stories ever in Detroit sports history. So the graphic novel. If if you're if you're listening to the audio podcast, you do have to to take the time to go find either Facebook or YouTube uh, and find the video version of it because the the clips are in there 
and uh, as we're talking through, I'm, I'm putting up the three different pages, and it's just it's just so it's and the, so cool, the, the, the yeah. little drawings are cool and everything. It's a, it very uh, reminds me of the very Spider Man. Totally, yeah, it's all um, illustrated. It's exactly yeah. it's like a nineteen. I would say I would say nineteen fifties. So you know, is, 19, you know, late 1940s, early 1950s, color panels. You yeah. know, it's 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 a it's very it's, cool. Stuff. It's a classic thing that they would have, you know, some kid, little kid would have read and reading the story about Garwood and how cool he was because he was such a legend. Yeah, they're doing comic strip pan. You know, they're doing it's and that's not even a comic strip. It's like a yeah, it's a graphic novel. And, and there's yeah. actually two more pages that I didn't include. We might actually bring, I might actually bring those out for. There's another little bit. It's a little bit generic. It's like Garwood won this race and he won this race okay. and he did this boat. Like it was a little. It wasn't. This, but this story was the focal point of the of the th- of the of this you know story they're trying to i think the whole thing was five pages long yeah very cool is is very very cool and and so the uh, such a such a, a dramatic event it just played well for a, a graphic novel absolutely and uh so where are we going next what's happening uh so uh, yeah so we lose somebody today well should the, we the, brace the, ourselves well, you should the death the, the the title of the episode today is death of a speed pioneer holy smoke so uh, before we move any further uh, if you want people to know about the death of a speed pioneer, you need to 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 share this. Share this. Share take it. a minute right now to like the video, like it, right like now. it, subscribe, yeah. collect, whatever it might be, wherever you're listening. We do appreciate you here with us, and then tell a couple of friends. That's uh, cool stuff. Yeah. So, all right. So as we have we shared, and we're gonna pass this on. What uh, what's happening? So so where we left off last week, we you know we left off with this incredible story again mm-hmm. where they have to dredge these engines out of the bottom of Lake St. Clair. <laughs> That's crazy. And it's not like they just like, "Oh, there's the engines. Let's go get them." There was an oh, entire yeah. story like they had Packard at the you know the Packard plant had an entire you know, wing and... ready to go just oh. dedicated just to the spot when they found the engines. Yeah. And then they had like the police escort ready to go to take them straight to Packard at a moment's notice. The the builders are already been the boat. And then Orland Johnson is actually gets out of the hospital and they like you know they drop him into the boat like in a, you know like barely can get into the boat because he's so mangled up but he's he's Gar, he's he's garwood's mechanic he's got to be there you oh, know they, could, they couldn't find some other mechanic they had to bring no. poor orlin out of the hospital <laughs> you know and lower him in with a you know, and they actually talk about you see it, the doctors lo- standing there smoking the cigar i don't know if this is a good idea but <laughs> yeah. if you really want to take him yeah. they, they actually said in that quote that they, they had to they had to lower him into the boat with like a good hoist Lord. you know they could he couldn't get into by his own power so you know so the out of the miss america six is born the miss america seven and they mm-hmm. win the, the you know the race is almost anticlimactic because they win the 1928 you know harms with trophy they beat you know uh, joe carstairs and that and um and so that so the, the next step is 1929 car stairs uh, returns to Detroit to, uh, to with the and her with the new boat the Estelle four once again challenging Garwood in 1929 for this uh, for the Harmsworth and uh, and so so she comes to Detroit and uh, in the, on the second lap of the race her she there's a a, a broken oil line in her boat oh. um and it and the boat basically dies out on the track ah. and so the race once again is, be, is a race between the Miss America 7 and Garwood's newly built Miss America 8 okay and so and so who do you think won won the race which, which one was uh, gar driving again <laughs> the Miss America the Miss America 8 I which, bet you that's the one that won <laughs> that's the one that won <laughs> <laughs> so whatever boat he's driving is the one that wins that's what's so crazy, you know. It gets it. So anyway, so yeah, the Miss America eight. The he new, ain't taking the dog for a walk. <laughs> no, he's prancing the pony. So, so yeah, That's so, what he's doing. So Gar, Gar wins in the Miss America eight. So he locks in the nineteen twenty nine uh, Harmsworth Trophy, which is now his fourth. So he's got five gold cups, uh, four Harmsworth trophies. 
there's just no I mean we we talked about a couple episodes ago how he's just in search of competition. He just I mean you know and this is what and this is where he's at. So because he's in search of competition because he sees this you know this Estelle 4 breaks down and this and that. So Wood now is like okay so after this race is over Wood invites Carstairs and her entire engineering crew mm. to literally to go to walk through his uh, boat building plant. And like, take notes, take oh. photos, look at everything he's doing because he's, he wants to make it a race. He really wants to wants to race, not by not by dumbing it down, which yes. is what the gold cup people wanted. To exactly, do. they're like, all right, let's limit. He wants to bring people up. I he, want unlimited. Yeah, and that's why it was the unlimited. They're ultimately yes. they were called the unlimited the unlimited hydroplane yeah. boats. Yeah, so, and it was like, you know, let's not dumb it down. Let's ramp no. this bad boy. That's up. what's so cool is that this guy is a true sportsman. I right, mean, right. In every sense of the word, right, he's right. literally. Trying. There was a one race where he was against the French where he, he doesn't want to. He sent his engineers to help them try to get their boat up and running to try to race him, and they couldn't even his own engineers couldn't even get their He doesn't want to he run. doesn't want a ribbon for participating. No, absolutely not. So that's <laughs> what I mean. So he actually invites and actually have a little quote, just a little, a little one sentence quote where they asked him, um, this is again Jay Lee Barrett, Speedboat Kings. Um, and so he they asked him why he's you know, why he let the the you know, the the, the competition check out his boat factory yeah. and he says if they can build boats like mine if, if they can build boats like mine he said we might have a good race someday that's all i want so he actually he's seeking comedy he's so dominant that he's telling everybody how to do his thing so that he can race them because he like it's, you know he wants the competition so um so that being said so going forward we're about to enter into the most uh, he's about to get what he wants. Okay. He's about uh-huh. to get what he wants. The and, game is afoot. And more. All and, right. To a high-level degree. Okay. And so, but in order to be really move on, and before you can even begin talking about the rest of Garwood Soil, we have to take a little bit. Uh, it's not a detour. It's totally, it's, it's, a ma- it's a major component of the story. But we have to talk about somebody else. And so his and so this this man's name is uh, Sir Henry Seagrave. 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 Yes. And and this is I want to stop for a second real quick too and say, this is one of the reasons why I'm so glad to be doing this show. Yeah. Because this guy, when I was reading about him, and you know I did a whole section in the book about him. I mean he's a, he's an essential part of the story. This guy is like one of like we talked about you know the, you know Curtis Aircraft Engine these guys, but this, but Sir Sir Henry Seagrave is. Just one of the coolest people. Like, I mean, very few people. You know, maybe people in boating circles. It's not know Sir about Graves Gasly. It's not that different. No, no. Yes. Sea Graves. Yes, different. Sea Grave. Yes. All right. So, so this, where's he from? So he's so uh, he so he's actually from America. He was born in America in okay. 1896. All right. But his family moved. Um, he was born in Baltimore, Maryland. But right. his but he was his mother was his mother was American. His father was Irish. Huh? And the family actually moved back to Ireland. I'm liking him more by the minute. Yeah, so he went the other direction. <laughs> all these other immigrants are coming. In the oh, early you're talking 1900s. about like you're talking. <laughs> Fair so point. all these immigrants are coming over here in the early 1900s. Right. They're they're going back. Yeah, that's around when my grandfather was coming in and out. Yeah, yeah so he's so he's actually going the other direction, Fair right? Yeah. So so there's like you know the the boats coming from the Statue of Liberty is full of immigrants, and there's yeah, like yeah. the boats going back with like one immigrant. And it's, yeah, that's yeah. his family. That's around the time my grandfather he came here. He was born in 1882, something like that. 1888. So they came over. Okay, they came over on those boats, and so. uh, he came over and he got really really sick. He might have been in Chicago, got really, really sick, and he went home. He went home to die. 
I got Jeez. I got better. Really? <laughs> he, got, he got better. He, he recovered. Uh, so he came back. Uh, and then he gran- he married my grandmother here. Well, it's a good thing. You wouldn't Detroit be here. I'm in glad 19, he did. You wouldn't in 1922. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So my grandmother and grandfather were like rocking around because they got married in 22. Okay. Uh, my dad, my mom, they were both born in 32. So they were infants, but their older siblings were about seven years old or ten years older so they were they would have been like ten years old when when this was happening my 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 grandmother she came in through i through canada so she was like her folks were from ireland lived in canada and then came to detroit my grandfather straight from straight from the island flanagan's not just a pretty pretty sounding name it's actually a literally irish yeah oh yeah no that's it yeah my dad my dad ended up getting his irish passport i want to get my i want to get mine that's yeah why wouldn't you i want to get the irish passport since my dad got his now so my grandfather my dad got his i can get mine yeah so yeah i want to have two passports get it i'm working on on this show talking to me for i know but seagraves Born here, yeah. So went he back goes back to Ireland, to Ireland. Right. and so he's there. So, um, so this is the generation. All these, pe- all these people that are born in like the very late 1800s. Mm-hmm. These are all the people that are going to fight in World War One. Right, right, right. And so, and so this is that gen. I mean, really, a lot of the people we've talked about are all are have have World War One experience. You know, these are people that you know how the war impacted them. Yep. You know, Patsy Clark for the Lions coach. He was a he, you know he was in you know, in France for that. So there's you know there's um so anyways so this guy here, however. Uh, so um, Seagrave is going to become a war hero, and I'm just going to kind of walk through some of the stuff because this guy, like I say, any anybody that has a, has a chance to really go look this guy up and spend some time, mm-hmm. um, it's just, he's he's got a, an incredible story. We're just going to kind of is he revered anywhere? Like in Ireland, oh, is he like uh, oh big time? Okay, fair play. Yeah, but like uh-huh. I, like I don't know if a lot of people know his name now necessarily, right, right. but in his day, he was one of the most famous people in England. Okay, he was one of the most famous people. One of the most famous people in England. was he was he prominent in England or in Ireland or both? England, um, okay, because he like he's, because, yeah England primarily. Um, so I, maybe Ireland too. I'm not sure, but he kind of he at one point he moved to England. But I saw when I was getting the slides ready for today, there was like one of those blue circles that said. Uh, Sir Henry Seagrave lived here for okay. like for like four years. Like lived in flat number eight. You know, one of those things like a historical marker that had on the side of a building that says, you know, Sir Henry Seagrave spent four years in this flat. You know what I mean? That's yeah, that's yeah. like okay. words of historical significance yeah. for like a in, you know like a four year stretch of his life lived in this place, and it's on the historic like the English historical like. Tour, you know what I mean? Like where it's, you I mean it's an official place that you're not allowed to damage. You know what I mean? Like that's that kind of. He had that kind of a, a you know, a, a, at least in his day, he was, you know, he was one of the most famous. And so, so the, so so a little bit of a rundown for his like World War One career. So he goes to Eton College and then Sandhurst Military Academy. Um, entered World War One like right off the bat, Fort nineteen fourteen as an infantry lieutenant. Uh-huh. And so and so in uh, in May nineteen uh, May of nineteen fifteen. Um, in a in he's he's uh, really badly injured in hand to hand combat, and he's so he's dragged off the battlefield in critical condition. Mm. Okay, so he and so um so he returns to war the very next year, but this time he's in the British Air Service because that dragged on. Yeah, oh, for well, four years. Yeah. yeah, so he returned to war the very next year in the British Air Service. So within two months, he's promoted to captain. And wing commander after downing four enemy planes, and so in, and then the, so in in uh, April of 1916 he is he's shot down, found unconscious in a mangled tree, recovered, and then returned back to the war. 
So this guy is like, I mean, he's you know, he starts off on the ground and in the trenches, injured, wounded, comes back in the air, and then you know, <laughs> gets promoted to the ranks, and then uh, gets shot down again. Like, you know, what I mean, like this, he's just he's 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 there. You know, he's in France. He's you know, he's fighting. So. Um, so just across this, you know, you know, across this time period, he just, you know, makes a name for himself as this guy who's, you know, a warrior, you know, he's in the air, he's, you know, doing all this. So, um, so anyways, it's really after the war that he begins to really make a name for himself because so post-war he begins to drive. It's like, I don't know how you get this job, but his, <laughs> he gets a drive driving, driving, he gets a job driving experimental cars for a British company called Sunbeam. Okay. So he's a s- experimental car driver. Not, <laughs> like, not, not big into blenders. It's no. different, different yeah. Sunbeam. It might be the same Irons, company. Well, it might be blenders. Same. Sunbeam might be the same company. Now it they could, may have, yeah. they may have evolved. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, th- but back in this day, he's driving it. He's like, yeah, experimental I cars. I hear, I hear you got a, a help wanted poser for an experimental, Experimental car driver. Grabbing you know? the sign out of the window. But you can see how his track record in the war yeah. suits that. Sure. You know, it's not like he was just kind of a random guy and just yeah. did whatever and then not a nor. You know, he's you know, he's getting shot down. He's you know, he's like this guy's um, you know, he, he, that job totally suits him. So um so anyways, so so he's experimental car driver for Sunbeam. And so in nineteen twenty three, you can throw a couple of, yeah, there you got a perfect yep. perfect time. So you got these so in nineteen twenty three he he uh using these experimental cars, he wins the French Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. And then in nineteen twenty four he wins the San Sebastian Grand Prix, which is a Spanish Grand Prix. And then in nineteen twenty six, um March twenty first, he sets the land speed record in a in a Sunbeam Tiger, the car is called the Ladybird, and he sets the land speed record for with hundred and fifty two point three three miles per hour. 1927, <clears throat> he becomes the first human being to travel at 200 miles an hour. How many miles per hour? 200. 200. First human being to ever travel 200 miles per hour. All right. Because those first land speed records were set here San, in Detroit. This is exactly. This is in Daytona. This is Daytona. All right. And then Because they once, drive it on the, on the sands, the yeah. hard-packed sand. Yep. So they started here in Detroit on the frozen frozen river. Henry Ford set one himself. Yeah. I think it was like 65 or 95 miles an hour. Something like I heard that. that too, in 1907 yeah. or something. And then, uh, yeah, then they moved to Florida on the hard sand and then to the desert after that when they were driving the supersonic crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah. But, uh, so this was, oh, he's the first, worst, first person to break first 200. Person to break 200 in first, Daytona. The first See, human I think being. I was, yeah. I think I was running 200 miles an hour from the cops on spring break yeah. in Daytona. Yeah. But that's a different, that's a different story. Falling in the path of Seagrave. <laughs> So so he's so this two hundred mile, miles per hour in the sunbeam the cutter is called the mystery, and so he sets the he sets the world record just the like the all time world record two hundred three point seven nine miles per hour on Daytona Beach, nice. uh, Florida, and so and so nineteen twenty nine so basically like two years later a year and a half later he's back to Daytona Beach and he crushes his own speed record two hundred thirty one point four five miles an hour. How many years later? Just a two years later, two years this later, is right. 1929. These, these numbers are jumping. So man. Justice Gar Wood, and the same year that Gar Wood is beating Carstairs for sure. his for his fourth Harmsworth, yeah. Um, uh, Seagrave is setting the is just crushing these records. 231.45. <clears throat> That's one of the slides we have here. You can actually see it with the with that the, the car, um, yeah. you know, with this car that he's got. Um, and so and so this. Uh, so he, at this point in time, two hundred and thirty-one. That's a cover of, uh, yeah. or that's a poster. It's just this like yellow a promo car. Poster, yeah. yeah, it's this Sunbeam. It's like that's the, cool. It's the coolest car. Yeah, 
I really almost look like a concept. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's yeah. it's got the fins, but two hundred and three. I mean, it, so think about it. Back then, this car is uh, this is this is spaceman movie stuff. That's what I'm trying to say. This is nineteen. This is nineteen twenty nine. People are like, nah, 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 yeah, nah. People is, that haven't seen the pictures or or uh, you know a video clip or a movie clip of it, uh, the newsreel clip of it, they're like, nah, 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 not happening. Yeah, they're not. They're not so buying that, so it. That, it's so that car, that car is called the Golden Arrow. The Golden and it's Arrow. Still, it's still, you know, it's still in existence. You can still see it. Really? Yeah. I, Wait, I, do you I, know I, for, I forgot where it's at, but All you can right, actually gonna... see it online. There's okay. actual pictures of it. But the cool thing is, you, you hit the nail right on the head. It's it's people like this. It's illustrations like this that are that that create this sense of. And this is 1929. That the that like it's futuristic. Yeah. Like the world is like the technology improvements are so rapid. Like we're looking at like the you know the internet and stuff going. Oh my god, the technology is advancing so fast. Well, yeah. the same thing. These people were thinking the same thing. Like man, you know, t- two years ago they you know the first person to break two hundred miles an hour. Now he's crushing it at two thirty one yeah. in a car that looks like. You know, this thing is, I mean, look at the picture of it. You know, this thing is headed to the moon or something. You no, know? it is. It's, it's an incredibly cool, um, you know, illustration of this thing. And, 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 but this is the kind of stuff that's, that's lighting the imagination of, of people. It's Seagrave. It's Gar yeah. Wood racing right. a train. It's these people that are breaking, you know, that are, you know, breaking the barriers or pushing the barriers of what's possible. That's creating the you know the dreams of especially the youth, uh-huh. especially the youth. They're seeing you know, the kids are seeing this in their young in their childhood and being in their imaginations are growing. Going, man, where are we going to be in thirty years or that, whatever? You know that 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 abstract drawing. Yeah, it's like but compared to the real one, it's like look at that thing. It's like crazy. Yeah. it's like I think the the actual because this is a uh, if. If you're listening to the audio podcast again, this it's like is like the Batman. This is this is a date. Yeah, this yeah. is a day to go and find that video. Totally, because this is this drawing. The drawing doesn't do this justice. Yeah, this thing is futuristic. It's it, the it, golden arrow, man. It it's, is. It's so that cool. is. I gotta figure out. That's. I mean, it's like a gold Batmobile. It is real. Like they did. It wasn't just a film prop. This guy pushed this thing to 231 miles an hour in the sands of Daytona. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. That's what I'm saying, but this is the kind of stuff that's firing people's imaginations yeah. that, like, the future is going to be crazy. It's yeah. going to be like, you know, we could go to the moon one day, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's 30 years later, whatever. We're going to 40 years later, we're going to the moon. Oh, yeah. that, so, the drawing on that poster barely barely does it justice. Yeah. I mean, the, and the picture's does. awesome. That's where yeah. you think that's your point. And then that, I found it. I'm like, holy crap, this is even cooler <laughs> it's, than it's the. It's even cooler than the illustration, which is trying to, like, you know, it's trying to make it even, make it look cool. Right, and it's, right. it, the, the real thing is even cooler. It's a, it's amazing and they, if you google it there there's breakdowns and they have the engine torn apart yeah the they have the, the chassis off Look it up, golden there's arrow. a there's some neat things to see on, yeah. on that so so uh, 231 Seagrave. so seagrave pushes this thing 200 so at the same time you know right, right thereabouts at the same time the guard would wins his fourth seagrave ever get in the water so this is it's funny you should ask that question so on the same boat on the same boat that is that. Um, that was not planned either. No, it wasn't. We're we're in sync. I just want to know. know. I just yeah, want to know. No. Did he ever get in the water? Absolutely. So so here's the thing. So I'll, I'll, before I say anything, so yeah. so here's the thing. So at this moment that Seagrave is doing this, Seagrave is an international hero. Yeah. 
first human to go 200 miles sure. an hour. Yeah. Then the next year he crushes it at 231, right? This is British engineering. This yeah. is British cars doing it on Daytona Beach, Florida. And, and and then and then you have this thing with like these na- the national pride That's and you're your, just you're just coming out of World War 1. Taking the words one. out of my mouth. He's the pride of Britain. I actually right. have it written right here in my notes. The pride of Britain. So and right it, it is it's a thing. It's it's because you know, you're coming out of these war situations, mh- you know, and, and people are struggling to to to, because I mean, it's a know, new well, it's a new world. The war's over. Everybody's turned the page. Everybody's looking towards the future. I mean, a lot of people are jacked up from the mustard gas, and then cities were yes. just bombed out. True. And people are looking for things to motivate them and be excited. Yeah, about. but people are also kind of looking to. I mean, they're they're not trying to forget the war, but they're but it's like it's almost. Why like are we this, proud about ourselves? Because we, yes. we even though we won, we got our butts handed to us while winning. Well, true, uh, but they're looking. But now it's like that was yeah. you know the World War One was called the war to end all wars. Yeah. World War One. World War Two had not happened. If that yet. were true. Hitler yeah. was not. You know, Hitler was nowhere even near, even near no. taking power or anything. So, yeah. World War Two was not even at this point. World War. You know, as we start to get into the thirties, yeah. yes. But in twenty nine, right. World War II was the furthest thing away. So now, for these people, like the future is what is 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 wide open. You know, okay, the war to end all wars has happened. The future is wide open. You've got you know, but like I say, here we go. Seagrave is a national hero. Go, and in fact, he's in Florida. Garwood spent a ton of time in Florida. He got you know acquainted with. He got to know Seagrave because Garwood's is the speed on water. You know, right. so so. But here's the thing that 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 right there is an important concept. So Seagrave is the is the the master of speed on land. Garwood is the master of speed on water. But the British also had what's called the what was called the Schneider Cup. Okay. And there was a British company called Supermarine. Mm-hmm. And there's, uh, people may be familiar with that name because of the, the plane, which is one of the most iconic planes in the history of, of just planes, which is called the Supermarine Spitfire. And that was one of the planes, um, one of the planes that uh, won the won World War II, the Battle of Britain. It's just absolutely a legendary. Uh, and one, you know, it wasn't the plane, but it was one of the two, you know, planes that um, that won this, that won, you know, won the war. It's just, but it's just been like one of the most iconic planes of all time is the mm-hmm. Supermarine Spitfire. And so after the war, Supermarine is still making engines, and they're, they're still making planes. And so the British had the had a firm grip on the Schneider the Schneider Cup, which was that basically it's a, it was the Harmsworth Trophy of air of the air you see what i'm saying like you had to have the best plane and it'd be yeah. most maneuverable and longest distance and all these different things and so and so the british had so in essence the british were were, were the masters of the of the of the land and air and of, and they needed and, and all that was needed all that was needed was to be master of the air sea and land was to beat gar wood right yeah right so and they would and they'd be you know and especially the the you know the british for the trifecta in the british have long since had this identity as one of the greatest sea powers you know in in history and so and so that would for them not to avail i mean if they were to throw the other two in and trade for the the masters of the sea they would probably do that you know it it was almost like an insult that they weren't masters of the sea Mm -hmm. you know the, the harmsworth trophy wasn't their you know, personal possession, and so and so Seagrave. So so, anyways, on the same boat as that, the the Golden Arrow was coming to Daytona Beach. On that exact boat, like on the shipping container that brought that Golden Arrow over, was also uh, a a new boat built by the British called the Miss England One. Ooh, yeah. So Gar Woods on his Miss America Seven, Miss America Eight, and coming over on this same boat with with Seagrave is the Miss. Is the Miss England one okay? So, so, so this bow in the advertisement that we showed here with this golden arrow, 
if you look small, look if you look close on the on the bow or on the uh, illustration, this advertisement you you can actually see Wakefield uh, uh, castor oil. Okay, yeah. So yep. so Wakefield was an oil ty- a British oil tycoon, and he was using this advertisement to market this uh, you know cast. I'm sorry, castrol. Uh-huh. And so, um, so he's an oil. T- so, he, like I say, he's this oil t- uh, tycoon. And so, he's got as deep a pockets as a person can have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. He thought the uh, the hydraulic lift guy had some money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's got <laughs> this is this is as deep a pockets as you can get. Yeah. So now the British are masters of the, masters of the air and masters of land as far as speed and tra- championships in this. Mm-hmm. And so now, so Wakefield as this oil tycoon. He wants the as a proud British man, and he wants the he wants the Harmsworth, right? And so they so so over this course, so the, so he brings this Miss America one boat over here, mm-hmm. right? And this boat is um it, yeah. So the, so anyways, it, this so it, in 1929, the same year that Garwood wins his wins his Harmsworth, there they uh there's a, a a race in Florida at the same point called the called the Miami Regatta. Okay. Okay. And so, and so Seagrave gets in the boat for the Miami Regatta, uh-huh. and he beats Gar Wood. Oh, that doesn't happen very the, often. It never happens. <laughs> never. In the Miss Gar Wood. Gar's dri- like Rrr. so. Gar Wood's driving the Miss America Seven, right. not the Eight. He's got the Seven, and Miss England One beats the Miss America Seven, uh, right? In a straight up race, like the Miss America doesn't break down or doesn't do anything. This is a race. Game so, on. The news is flashed across the world. Garwood's like shaking yes. the dust off the his master, shoulders. Says, Game on, exactly. Man. The master of you know the this two hundred and thirty one mile an hour on land man Seagrave beats Garwood. Oh, right. And this is not for the Harmsworth, but it's the Miami Regatta, right? Right, right. And so, um, and so Gar, so Gar, so Wood actually far from being disappointed. Sure, Wood is actually happy yeah. because he's he, because he's in so competition competition. And he's got this, you know, Seagrave, who's like this speed merchant, and they've got Wakefield, the money man. And so now he's like, "Well, I got to foster this competition." So what he does is um, to foster, to stoke this. So uh, Seagrave and Miss Amer- Miss England one is scheduled to race in the Venice Regatta in Italy um, for a trophy called the uh, Count Volpe Cup. Is a in, in Italy a very prestigious cup, you know, in the you know Italy and that. Okay. So, anyways. So Garwood sends the Miss America five and the Miss America seven to race the Miss England one in the vi- he, he doesn't bring the Miss America eight right he doesn't bring he doesn't hold he doesn't, no, yeah, he doesn't yeah. bring in the eight this <laughs> is top of the line bowl. So he's so he's bringing he's kind of sending his two a little bit weaker boats because he doesn't necessarily want to win sure right but he's but he's not going to pilot the boats and he's not even going to make the trip which one did he send. He sends the five and the seven. The five and the seven. So the oh, seven's the, the one six. that was, you know, the the bolt, you know, the the engine. He just the, got beat. So the well, yeah. yes. So here's the thing. So the so the engine from remember the the story with the engine from the six became the Miss America seven to right. beat Carstairs, and so the five is so it's the five and the seven yeah. that are okay. um, brought over, and so the seven having you know was you know in this race for, you know had just won this or it just lost this race. Uh, in in Miami, and so mm-hmm. they, so by all accounts, the, the boat had been sort of beat up, and they didn't even really repair it. Yeah, because this, the race happens in the same year. It's almost like they packed up the boat, they sent it to Venice right after the Miami race, so they hadn't even really repaired it. So I'm going to read a quote of the race from 1929. It's a tremendous story. It's a tremendous story. 
and there's no way I could do anywhere near the justice that uh, Speedboat Lee, Kings. Speedboat, totally. Yeah, Speedboat Kings. Uh, there's no way I can do justice like Jay Lee Barrett. Like yeah, <laughs> if I had a hundred golden uh, tongues and I, you know, spoke for a hundred years, I'd not yeah. be able to speak as well as Jay Lee Barrett can write. So, and what boat is this? The so, uh, England one, two. So or? Miss England one, right. piloted by Seagrave, right. and there's and Garwood is sending the five and the seven right, over right. to race in this Venice regatta. And so he Garwood knows he's kind of sending like a handicap because he himself is not going, yeah. And he's not sending his best boat, but so he's almost like sending boats Testing over the water. Well, he's uh, sending some boats over to give Seagrave beat them sh- up a little bit before he's got to put the big dog out there. He, I think that he kind of hopes that Seagrave's going to win again, yeah. to stoke the fervor further, sure. to get the interest up so that there's a Harmsworth challenge that sure. he can once again defend. I mean, we've, that's this is the theme is that Garwood is trying to stoke. The competition, and you're not going to stoke competition by being so dominant that nobody has a chance. Right. So he wants to make them people think that there's a chance, right? <laughs> that's how, rope a dope. Rope a dope. That's how good he is. It is rope a dope. So I mean, it's not really rope a dope. He just I don't he's know. trying I'm making, to. I don't even no, know what that means. Rope a dope is being defensive, like Muhammad Ali. Okay, it's like I don't know. Boxing know. stance. No, this he's trying. Sounded good. It's, no, so he's <laughs> so he's trying to encourage he's trying to encourage the competition. So he's so a better thing, really, a, another way to put it is is that he's he's kind of like hamstringing himself. Right. It's like a runner at a race that's okay. like you know running with like ten pound shoes because he wants the, the little kid to win and bolster his confidence. You know what I mean, or something like that. So it's so that's that's more akin to what it is. He's trying to build the confidence of these people so that they will actually bring a legit challenge. All right. So anyway, so I'm going to read so the quote. So what does Barrett say about so this? So this so so this is the race. It's the Miss America one versus I'm sorry, Miss England one versus the Miss America five and seven in Italy for the Count Volpe Cup right. in the Venice Regatta in 1929. All right, so um, and so as we said, the Miss America Seven was a little bit beat up when they got it over there because mm-hmm. it it'd, it'd take a little bit of a pounding in the uh, in that in that Miami regatta. <laughs> so so here's the quote. So here's the quote right here. So Orland Johnson, Phil Wood, and Vance Smith were already in Venice with the Miss America Five when the broken boat, i.e., the Miss America Seven, uh, had arrived. So it, let me just start over again. So because I actually have like this little parentheses sure, sure. in here, which kind of threw me off there. Orland Johnson, Phil Wood. And Vance Smith were already in Venice with the Miss America Five when the broken bolt arrived. They saw immediately that it could never stand the jarring of a fast race, but they had special orders from Wood. Phil Wood said, It'll sound silly to all America if we don't put up some kind of a race. So Phil Wood and Orland Johnson drove the broken bolt. Prince Carlo Rispoli, a son-in-law of Count Volpe and vice chairman of the regatta committee, piloted Miss America Five with Vance Smith at the throttles. They, both American boats, had just started for the line, 200 yards back, when the gun blasted the signal. They had made a mistake in their time. Sir Henry Seagrave had beaten them across. Vance Smith, engineering the fifth, i.e. the Miss America Five, pulled pulled out the throttles. But before he could get any speed, the seventh thundered past like a bullet in a mad dash after Seagrave and the Miss, Miss England won. Vance could see Phil Wood and Johnson closing in on Seagrave. Then, suddenly, for no apparent reason, the seventh shot about 12 feet into the air. Phil Wood and Johnson were pitched out of the cockpit. Out of the cockpit. With, when, two, when the two white figures hit the water, they were 100 feet apart. The seventh kept going in a great white arc to the right, finally burying itself on the shore. It was destroyed. 
But Vance acted fast, throttled down the engines of the fifth, and Prince Carlo Rispoli, driving, pulled up beside Johnson, floating on the surface. Johnson's head was thrown back. His mouth and eyes were open, like a dead man. Vance, Vance made one desperate leap. He took Johnson by the hair and lifted him out of the water with the strength of a crazed man, dragged the body over the hot engines, and started to administer artificial respiration. At the dock, the Italian doctors pronounced Johnson dead. Oh. But Vance kept working on him. Desperately. I know you're not dead, Orlin. I know it, he kept saying. I don't believe them. The water kept pouring out of Johnson's mouth. Vance kept at him. They were in a speedboat now, racing, racing to the Maritime Hospital at Santa Ana. V- Vance Smith didn't even remember how they got there. For 20 minutes in that mad, bounding dash to the hospital, Vance kept working on his man. He began to believe Johnson really was dead. But just as their boat pulled up at the dock, Johnson let out a gasp. He was breathing. He was alive. Alive. That gasp, Jan- Vance said, it was the sweetest sound I ever heard in my life. Orlin Johnson lived. But his skull was fractured. Sir Henry Seagrave won the race. Oh. So the second time in a row, within a year, Orland Johnson is, they pronounced him dead on shore. Or on, uh, on the boat, they pronounced him dead. They said, he was, listen, I'm going to read it one more time. This was the, like the dramatic pause. He took Johnson by the hair and lifted him out of the water with the strength of a crazy man. He pulled Orland out of the water by his hair into the boat. And with the strength of a crazed man, he was using adrenaline, dragged a full-grown man out of the water by his hair, uh, dragged him over the hot engines, and started to administer you know, artificial CPR, CPR. Yeah. At the dock, the Italian doctors pronounced Johnson dead. Jeez. The doctors pronounced him dead on the CPR back dock. then was really just like pumping their arms up and down, well, though, I think. Whatever it was at work, because they saved him. <laughs> but they're sitting there... But they were like, he's dead. Oh, my God. What are you trying to do? What do you do is stop pumping them arms up and down. So a year prior. I'm not done yet. Slit throat. So a year prior, Orland Johnson gets his jugular vein split and his slit in his throat by a board. Is this his last race? The very next year. No, this is Orland Johnson. This is his mechanic. Oh, my God. He keeps going. This is personal mechanic. He keeps going. Well, I don't want to give away what's going on in the story, but yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, this is not his last he's race. He's not gonna let a no. He's not gonna a let a little him. thing like dying on the water <laughs> slow him down. Ah. He's not gonna a little thing like is like getting his throat slit by a board in one year, and the very next year he you know gets pitched a hundred yards out of the hundred feet off of a <laughs> boat, and you know uh, you know uh, gets pronounced dead by Italian doctors. Oh, good he's lord! He's not gonna let these kind of little things get in the way keep of you down of Garwood's supremacy of. Speed. <laughs> Out of water, you know what I mean? Like this is, but these are the people we're talking about. Oh. See, so yeah, so like this is so, and this is just the you know this is the it, you know this it, Venice regatta, you know what I mean? So Seagrave wins the race. So once again, word is you know Garwood's boats, and maybe not Garwood in the flesh, but Garwood's been beaten. So this is this race is what leads. Um, uh, Seagrave and Wakefield to announce their challenge for yeah. the 1930 Harmsworth. You see, so now the now that the you know the gauntlet's thrown down, the 1930 Harmsworth is on. So and so at this point, this is where things really start to take a turn, right? For like the phenomenal for this Garwood story, because now the the British Air Ministry gets involved with this. Oh, okay, so now they've got the the power of the British Air Ministry. And they're working with Rolls Royce, and they develop a whole new engine. 
This we we were talking previously about this Napier Lions engine, which yeah. is a two thousand horsepower. Now they got a roll roll. It was a thousand horsepower, and Garwood had these you know these new engines that you know that you know these the uh, these Packards that were doing a thousand horsepower and that. Now this Rolls Royce engine developed developed in conjunction with the British Air Ministry and the Rolls Royce. These things are two thousand pound horsepower engines. Yeah. Each of these engines has double the horsepower of every engine that Garwood has. And so the so the so a new boat is built with these with two of these engines, the Miss America or I'm sorry, the you said Miss England two. The Miss England two is born with yeah. two of these two thousand pound horsepower two thousand horsepower engines installed. Right? So two of these engines equals all four of Gar you know, these two, you know, these engines, these two engines that Garwood's got. Right. So it's so it's it's a whole nother this is a whole new And it's all ball a game, game of weight and power. It's all a game of weight and power. Weight and power. Weight power and yes. size and yeah, in yeah. the in the you know, and how how it can move through the water, the friction on the water too. So, uh, so, anyways, yeah, you got the seven up. So we got the a picture of the Miss England too. Yep, oh, yeah. <clears throat> it's Miss England too. All right. Yeah. So, so the Miss England. So I the, missed my cue. So, damn it. Well, so the you know, so the race we were just talking about, where, where Gar's racing him in Miami, and he also racing him in Venice. Right. He's going against the Miss England one. Right, right. But now with these, you know, now they've got these now two thousand monster inside this one. Yeah, two thousand horsepower Miss yeah, England too. Here's here's what you you know what they don't have. They don't have Garwood behind the wheel. That's true. They don't have, but they got or Seagrave. But they got Seagrave. And so uh, well, a, all right, I give you, I give you a little bit of Seagrave. Seagrave's awesome. I'll take Garwood over Seagrave. Well, I mean, I mean, the water probably me, me too. But <laughs> but, but they, they, at this moment in time, they got a chance. Mm-hmm. They got a chance. They got their engines are massive. These things so are. So you're bees. saying there's a chance? Um, they're totally a chance. So <laughs> so this so the boat this new this new boat the Miss England two. Uh huh. Is sent for for the trial run because now they're they're not only have they challenged Garwood, but before they even get to Detroit, they want to break Garwood's record oh. before they even get to Detroit. The, right? the water speed record. The water speed record, which is at this point, which is at this point, it's ninety two point eight three six miles an hour. That's you know, the, that's Gar's uh, record. By, sounding by the size of that England too, they could stand a fair chance. Well, exactly. This thing is about to be. This is. They definitely stands a fair chance. So they're like. So I don't think I like that. Yeah. So they want to. I break. don't think you know what country you're broadcasting. It, it reminds from. me of like the rock, you know, rocket was like you, you you break my record now I break you. you know, like it's <laughs> yeah, like this. Yeah, He's yeah, like yeah. we want to break Garwood's record and. Yeah. Then we yeah. want to break Garwood, yeah. you know, like that's their that's their setup. <laughs> and so to do this, there's a lake in England which is called Lake Windermere, and it's the biggest lake in England. Right. And so they they bring the boat to Lake Windermere, and then now is so I'm going to read you the quote of the story of is them this, uh, taking this boat. Uh, to what's lake. this from? Speedboat Kings again? This is once yeah, Speedboat Kings. Right, Mo- most enough. of the stuff I use is from Speedboat Kings yeah, yeah. because it's just such a phenomenal just, story. Yeah, hell yeah. So um, so here we okay. So you know um, how much that book is worth. It's like, yeah. Exactly what someone will pay for it. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly what somebody will be paying. There you for go. It. Anyway, um, so that's well, just a nod. That's to Chris. everything. It's a nod to Chris. Chris, Chris just got one yeah. in the mail today. He's like, yeah, Chris is a big fan of the show Chris and helping the, out with all kinds of graphics yeah, and stuff. Chris Thank the, you, Chris. Yeah, Chris got the steal of the century. And he got, got for like uh, six bucks or six, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's listed for it's eight. Zero. It's listed somewhere online for a couple places for, for eight hundred. Eight, I spent eight hundred back ten years ago. I spent a hundred, like a hundred and twenty bucks on my copy. And uh, Chris found one for like seven bucks. 
Yeah, I'm like, I asked like, myself, is there any more? Or? Is there any more copies? I was like, like yeah, I was, I was gonna start googling when I got to the studio. I forgot. I'm like, Tom, if there's any more in there, I'm gonna pick myself up a couple extra uh, copies. But man. anyway, all right. So this, uh, this, this quote about uh, Seagraves going, so they're for going the for the record. Yeah. So we want to break Garwood's record. Where what's they a go Windermere? Window, window what? So it's called Lake Windermere in Windermere. England. It's the biggest right. lake in England. They want to give it some some space, right? So, uh, so Miss England Two was ready on Friday, June thirteenth, nineteen thirty. Seagrave, Michael Wilcox, engineer of the boat, and W. Hallwell of the Rolls-Royce Company, all dressed in spotless white overalls and special steel life belts, stepped into the cockpit. Seagrave turned to Wilcox and said, It's Friday the 13th. Yep. I wonder what's going to happen. <laughs> Two of them were going to their death. Oh. The boat shot out, shot out above the measured mile straightaway where the official timers stood, ready to dash over the measured mile laid out in the center of the lake between Lakeside and Ambleside. Seagrave was making a few practice spins far out there above the markers. The Miss England too looked like a white ghost. Its wings of spray spread wide, its engines droning, a thing of beauty, symmetry, flawless grace. It was perhaps the most beautiful speedboat ever built, its bow and its aft end tapering almost to the thinness of a knife blade. It cut a great white arc in the water, then it straightened. Seagrave was cutting down towards the markers, his steady hand tight on the wheel, his eyes glued to the narrow glass flat path before him, his foot pressing the throttle to both engines. The engines cannoned louder as they approached the first marker. When he crossed, throttles down, the thing was like the mad screaming of 4,000 wounded war horses, agonized and frightened. Miss England, too, shot across the first mile at 96.41 miles per hour. Two runs must be made across the measured mile, one against the wind or current, one with. It came back at 101.11 miles an hour. Mm. The average was 98.76, a, a new world record. But this courageous young Briton did not know he had broken the world record. He was not satisfied. He took his craft to the upper end of the course again and brought it back with everything it had. The roar was terrific. The official timers could not clock at this time. It did not complete the mile. It made a sudden turn. The quivering thing shot clear out of the water like a white rocket, its engines screaming. Seagrave and his two men were pitched like meteors from the cockpit. There was a puff of blue curling smoke, a dive, silence. Ten boats rushed to the rescue. Seagrave himself was picked up by P.F. King of Windermere, who plunged into the lake after him. He was unconscious. Hallwell drowned. Wilcox was severely injured. Seagrave and Wilcox were rushed to the hospital. Seagrave suffered a broken arm, a broken rib, a fractured thigh. He regained consciousness for a few minutes. He turned to Lady Seagrave at his bedside and asked, how, how are the lads? Meaning his men. And then, did we do it? Lady Seagrave told, me he, told him he had, then he, that he had broke the record. He died in a few moments of lung hemorrhages. The drowned body of Hallwell was found, a pencil clutched in one hand, a pad of paper in the other. He'd evidently been taking tachometer readings. Wilcox recovered. Probably no one will ever know for sure what sent these men to their death. It may have been the t tremendous torque of the tiny propeller. Twenty minutes after, after the disaster, a water-soaked branch of a tree, three inches thick, was picked up several hundred yards from the stern of the boat. That may be the answer. No one knows. Uh. So that's the end. So at the moment of his death, at the moment of Seagray's death, he is the first person ever to hold the world record for speed on water and land at yeah. the same time. So so Seagrave they broke the record at the sure. moment of you know at the moment of his death. He Oof. didn't even at the time he you know at the time the boat exploded he had no idea he was you know the record holder. But he but he when he died he knew, you know I mean his wife told him, "Yes, you did. You broke the record." And then he died like 20 what do you say 20 minutes later. Uh. 
So this is so you, you this 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 career this guy you know I mean his life comes to an end his career comes to an end and the death of Seagrave was this is like a this is like a national tragedy, tragedy yeah I mean this is a national tragedy like they they're all excitement building for this race um, everything you know they got the missing one too it sets that's you know, like going to set the, the challenger blowing up you know exactly I mean, it's like it's 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 it's, a, is, it's a shock it's people exactly. are people are rooting cheering invested watching. And you they know, love this guy. Joyous. He's a World War One hero. He's all, I mean, he's a I, land I, speed I totally, hero. I compare that to the Challenger going. You know, it's just everybody it's a, excited. That's, that's that is the type of feeling that radiates through this country. And, and then, you've got this guy who is like your hero. Like the momentum boom. is building. And he could have he could have just went to the dock because he had the record. He had the record. Yeah, he didn't uh, know. He didn't know. You know, and man. so and so that's what I mean. So there's this they, there's this Paul. But these that, guys live it. That's what I mean. They, like, they this live is, it. To the tenth, they, exactly. You know, yeah. So he's so he, this means so there. You know the momentum is building for this race between Seagrave and Garwood, and they're about you know they're breaking the record and they're getting ready to do this thing. And so so what comes out of this, you know, of you know, of course, like I say, this national tragedy. Um, it, but at the same time, what comes out of this is the, is that it's this sense of how you know like using Seagrave's death like. We are not going to be denied this Harmsworth. Yeah. Seagrave died to get this Harmsworth trophy to bring right. this trophy back to England, and so now what becomes of this? Lord Wake, you know, Lord Wakefield is determined. He'll he'll spend his entire fortune on this if needs be. Sure. Um, the British public. This is not just a couple of random racing fans. The British public wants this championship for Seagrave. The British government is determined to get them this championship, you know, to get them this trophy. So, the, so that, so this is what comes out of the, you know, of Seagrave and his life. And this is that the is the is the the um, you know the attention the 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 you know the 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 all of a sudden the only thing that people have at this exact moment in time is a is speedboat racing right that's it yeah there's no i mean there's there's there this is now sure. now it's the it, this is an international competition of what it was originally sort of supposed to be which is you've got the, the british the entire british public is now wants this trophy they want it they got rolls royce they got the british air ministry they've got the richest people in england they got everybody involved with this and this has got to happen right mm-hmm. and then over here in, in america you've got garwood the king you know the yeah. speedboat champion the king who is not going to go down easily nope. he's finally got the challenge he wants and now the challenge is you know this is a unified effort by a lot of very powerful people that are that want this championship to happen yeah. you know what i mean yeah. it's not just a bunch of rich guys trying to fend off well, who's, who's the next driver that's what we're going to find out in the next episode. Okay. But like I say, but, but what, that's what, what is sort the, of What is the Seagrave trophy? Well, so I, I wanted I put that up there just to show like the kind of impact he had. Yeah. So there's actually a trophy called the Seagrave trophy. Okay. And um, they, so the trophy, the trophy, they, his wife, they commissioned it, but it's like, there's actually like a royal charter. That's why I oh. included the picture. Right. We got a picture of this. It's a really cool trophy. Sure. I mean, this thing is like super cool. It's almost like Liberty or like Britannia, like the, yeah. you know, the, the goddess Lady. of the way. Justice, yeah, well, just something I think, very I think, I think stirring like that. Yeah, I think it's Britannia because, like, Britannia is like this. You know, like in, in instead of like lady, you know, like we have Lady Liberty sure. over in England, they have Britannia, who's okay. like the, the mistress, you know, like the the god of like the waves. You right, know, right. I mean, that's, they have Britannia, the goddess of Britain type of thing. Okay, that's their sort of Lady Liberty, and so I think that's Britannia. And then they have this huge charter, which is like this is like the description of who gets to win this. 
this trophy. And it's basically, I, I, there's a ton of details about it, but the general idea is, is it go every year it gets awarded to somebody who does something extraordinary in the realm of um, like speed and mechanics and like air, like flying okay. airplanes or okay. boats or it can be sort of around. It's not things, limited to mechanical like engineering or yeah. anything like because he was all over the place. He was the trifecta. Exactly. He was, yeah. Yeah. So there's people. There's like it was awarded to men and women. Like, okay. Where there was like nice. there's like people like you know people that like you know like the doing like the kind of Charles Lindbergh thing where they're flying like first person to fly straight to South Africa, the first British person to like make it okay. from England to South Africa by plane. Innovators. Like, won the war. And- Innovators and exactly. So every year. It's been. I think it's been awarded every single year, but it didn't necessarily have to get awarded. Like unless sure. it had to be something, it wasn't just like a participation trophy. They nobody really did anything special this year. They were always looking for something that was you know ex- was unique and ex- you know you know trying to push extraordinary. So yeah. so it's actually a Sea Grave trophy, um, which I'm not really sure how much attention it gets anymore. But um, but it's just that's like I say. This is one of the reasons the I wanted things, to do the, this. The Sea Grave behind it. Is just yeah. moving, yeah. So. so that's but that's what I'm saying. Like that's why one of the reasons why I love doing this show is we got to, you know like this to focus on this guy. Which who talks about this guy? Nobody, nobody. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it's it's and he, this guy lived this incredible life story, and you know, even in his death, as we're going to see going forward, you know, the 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 focus. On, I mean, speedboat racing for the next couple three years here. Is gonna be the only thing that matters. Right. Like this. What for, year are a, we in right here? Right. So this is so Seagrave dies in 1930. Okay. Wow. Okay. So, Closing yeah. in on. Yeah. So we're moving it. So now, yeah. So it's the 1930. So I don't. So they, didn't race, the so they didn't race in 19. So the Harmsworth was was not happening in 1930. But right. in 31, they're gonna be coming back. All right. So like going forward, you know, 30. You know, so the going forward now is when we're gonna really start seeing like when you've got. The entire, every single person, you know, like the 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 biggest companies, the biggest financiers, the you know the you know the British public, you've got everybody behind this. That's when you're going to start to see, you know, the challenges. That people's boats aren't going to be breaking down in the middle of the second lap yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like this is these boats, they're coming for real now, and they're coming wow. for the Garwood's Trophy, and that's what's going to be so astonishing about the story going forward is. Is what Garwood has to do to defend that to Harmsworth. defend this Harmsworth against yeah. this the biggest. I mean, he wants shot. I'm going to end up with this. He wants competition. He's about to get it. Okay, in a big time way. All right. And uh, so we're up to the uh, Miss America seven and eight. He's at the eight. Yep. Yeah. So there's two more levels to go. All <laughs> right. You know, Miss America ten is the next level, but it's the All highest right. form. So. But he's at the eight right now, and um, but he, but the, as we've seen, the Miss Mer- the Miss England two, they got these engines that are that are ripping two thousand horsepower, and they got two of them that are doing two thousand horsepower apiece. Uh, so Garwood's got to come up with something pretty special to start matching this because right. this I don't I, I, the, I don't even know what the specs were for the eight off the top of my head, but I don't think the eight's going to cut it. We'll sure. see, but uh, I don't I don't think the eight's going to cut it. Even with the magic man behind the wheel, yeah, he's yeah, it, yeah. It's not even about the driving; it's the engineering is what key yeah. the power. You know, the the, yeah. the the boat, the weight, and all this. You, got, you know, they got the Miss England two coming over. That's got these new Rolls Royce two thousand pound, you know, horsepower engines. In. All right, if you want to find out if Garwood is going to do it, you got to like, subscribe, uh, collect. Uh, Pick it up and put it in a basket, whatever it is uh, on the uh, podcast experience. Like, thumbs uh, up, do your thing. Help yeah, us out. Share, share it with a friend. Tell a couple people about the podcast. We appreciate that. And uh, tweet it. 
comment on it. Those are all great things. So uh, thanks for being with us. Uh, thanks to Chris for uh, – Chris is doing all kinds of crazy stuff. We love Chris, the man. Chris so, is the man, dude. Uh, so other people saying hi while we're on the uh, air there. Uh, Catherine. You My sister. sister we love hey. Catherine, of so, course. Thanks, Catherine. And uh, everybody who's been uh, popping in and, and listening, we appreciate you. And uh, we'll do it again next time. It's uh, Detroit City of Champions podcast.